0: Welcome to Tunes and Tumblers Century Club by Atwood Magazine, your weekly shot of what's new in music. Be sure to like Atwood and Tunes and Tumblers wherever tech giants are destroying democracy. I'm your host, Anthony, and after a week and a half of searching, Pedro finally turned up. We found him cowering behind a dealership in Van Nuys, muttering something about how they've become self-aware. I wonder what that's all about. In any case, we're glad he's back to pair a craft shot with this week's new release. But the two of us can't drink alone. Our partner in crime, Ryan, is also here to help us with the music half of the equation. Because Lord knows you can't make taste without a tastemaker. Thanks for joining me, guys. What's new in your world this week?
1: Keys, Thanks keys, for that keys, intro. Yeah, keys on like the uh, eyes.
2: I want a T-shirt of "You can't make, can't have taste without a tastemaker." Um, I like that. I, uh, I was um, unable to focus on anything this week upon discovering that there is a small section of an island that has been called Buster Rhymes Island. Do you guys know about this? <laughs> oh my God, no! It's not. Hasn't been official name. It's a proposed one. But this guy has put in a ton of effort to make Buster Rhymes Island a reality. <laughs> and <the laughs> Is it Busta why, Rhymes or someone else? It's not Busta Rhymes leading the charge. It's a resident of this um, island in Shrewsbury, Worcester County, Massachusetts. And this guy, just some dude, Kevin O'Brien, started calling it and upkeeping it <laughs> and said he wants it to be called that because it has rope-swinging blueberries and uh, stuff Busta would enjoy, <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> so, anyway... So as you can imagine, I haven't been able to focus on anything except that. Well, now I can't focus
1: on
0: anything else. I'm wondering what the Airbnb price is on Buster Rhymes Island right now.
2: It's literally like 40 by 40 feet, the section. That's it? So so it's enough maybe to extend yourself and bring a few white claws.
0: That's all you need. And it's all, it's got blueberries and a rope swing in this forty by forty space. <laughs> you got to call it an Airbnb.
1: It's an airbuster. Rhymes. Oh, smooth. And that's the T.
0: <laughs> but I think we're getting sidetracked here, guys. Let's move on over to the news desk to see what happened in music since we last spoke. The BTS army never sleeps. Thanks to rabid fans the world over, K-pop idols and tunes and Tumblers faves BTS set a new YouTube record with their new song Dynamite. Their first all-English track racked up a staggering 98.3 million views in the first 24 hours after it went live, easily exploding the old mark. In most circles, that would be considered a whopping success, but the ARMY saw it as a slight failure for not hitting the 100 million view goal the passionate fan base was hoping to achieve. The previous record was held by Blackpink's How You Like That, also a K-pop smash, with 86.3 million views in the first 24 hours. So for all of you holdouts out there, it's time to get on the K-pop train. It's left the station, it's circling the world, and soon all of us will be under its upbeat, dancey, and vivid sway. I, for one, welcome our new Korean overlords. I'd like to (laughs) remind them that as a trusted music journalist, I can be helpful in rounding up the trolls and converting them to the cause. And you can't see it, but I'm holding up BTS finger hearts right now. Uh, Pedro, would you mind taking the mic from me?
1: Uh, It's good to hear you've pledged yourself to the mob. Um, Mm. Yeah, I got this. Uh, So nearly 20 years later, uh, two suspects have finally been charged with the murder of Run DMC's Jam Master Jay. In 2002, the DJ was shot and killed in his own studio in Queens. Over the next two decades, it became one of rap's legendary cold cases with plenty of leads, but never any that resulted in charges. Until now. Authorities have charged Ronald Washington and Carl Jordan Jr. with murder while engaged in drug trafficking in an indictment unsealed in the U.S. District Court in Brooklyn on Monday. Both men face minimum sentences of 20 years in prison if convicted. Jay's tour manager, Trini Washington, was quoted as saying, It's been 18 years, and it's the end of a chapter in this situation. We can all move forward. Jam Master Jay, whose real name is Jason Mizell, is survived by his wife and three sons. Hopefully, this will bring some closure to uh, those
2: closest to Jay. Um, Ryan? This one comes courtesy of Billboard Small Magazine. Shortly after the lockdown began, Snow Patrol frontman Gary Lightbody launched what became the Saturday Night Songwrite, a weekly collective songwriting session on Instagram Live. For 45 minutes each week, up to 5,000 fans joined Lightbody to write a song from scratch. He then finished writing the tunes, often within an hour of the session's end, and with the caveat that there'd be lyrics from a Saturday songwriter in each line. Then he and his band, with producer and former Snow Patrol member Ian Archer, recorded the songs remotely and the result is the fireside sessions a five-track ep credited to snow patrol and the saturday songwriters came out this friday the 21st and all proceeds from this um this is billboard's words not mine thoughtful and often emotional album will go to the trussell trust a nationwide network of food banks in the uk uh i guess my only question after this is how are the songwriter splits going to look like for this one I I was about to ask you that. Do not want to be working at ASCAP or BMI dealing with the splits of potentially (laughs) a thousand writers on a song.
1: (laughs) I'm just imagining like an office where people are just running back and forth. There's papers flying everywhere. Everyone's looking in file (laughs) cabinets, can't
2: find anything. It's that Mm -hmm. scene in Sorry to Bother You where there's papers flying in the photocopier room. (laughs) Um, I imagine they all waved. They probably all did a It's All Work for Hire. Like they waved it for charity purposes. That's probably how they they swung it, but Mm -hmm. that's just a guess.
0: And that's certainly a lot, but I'm ready to get some tunes up in here. Ryan, can you hit that jukebox, please?
2: I will indeed. Put the quarters in now. We're listening to Jaguar, the title track from R&B soul singer-songwriter Victoria Monet's brand new album, a slice of cosmic love soul disco that would make off-the-wall era Quincy Jones proud. And in case the thought popped into your head, Victoria is not related to fellow musician janelle monet as their surnames have different spellings
0: i apologize right now if i like say janelle somewhere in this podcast because (laughs) lord knows i've had to uh go back and correct the name in my notes as i was getting ready for this episode but i like it i'm ready for this pedro do you have a shot lined up to make me feel like a supersonic pussycat
1: I certainly do. Uh, I love this song. It's so good. And actually the shot is called a supersonic pussycat. So it kind of works out Um, Listening to this song uh, She obviously talks a lot about you know the jaguar itself and in the video it's sort of uh, Portrayed as a black panther with these green eyes. It's really dope. The video is super colorful and awesome So when I was making this I was taking into consideration uh, the way the song sort of progresses it starts off very slow and very um, very mellow, and then it sort of just jolts into this dope-ass disco track. Um, and so I, I kind of took that into account and started with a coffee liqueur by St. George mm. Distillery. Um, we've used them several times before. I love that distillery. So we've got some coffee liqueur, and then uh, I also wanted to incorporate some brandy. There's an, there's a retro cocktail called a Black Cat that uses uh, cherry brandy, so I kind of wanted to incorporate the, the brandy. Uh, Of that cocktail and maybe change up the the fruit base a little bit Um, So we're using blackberry brandy mixing it uh, with the coffee liqueur so good super strong But and it'll give you that like jolt of energy Um, And then there's a very sexy Layer to this song like it's it's sexually charged and it's uh, it's uh, it makes you feel good And so I kind of wanted to incorporate some something to to reflect that and um So I'm using a little whipped cream um, on the top of this shot. And then as far as the presentation of it, I kind of wanted to pay homage to the video itself. There's so many colors and there's like this iridescent panther with these dope green eyes. So with the liqueurs, I threw in some purple uh, pearl dust with some green to give it sort of that sheen um, and, and make it really dope looking. And then I dyed the whipped cream green to put on top of it to sort of look like the Jaguar's eyes. So that is the shot. It's delicious. Um, If I mean, you can, you can drink it without the pearl dust or the dyed whipped cream and it'll be just as good. Um, And that is a supersonic pussycat.
0: I was about to be like, this is really easy. Like I can just go into my kitchen and make this. And then you're like pearl dust and, and dyed whipped cream. (laughs) I'm like, okay, I'm out. (laughs) That's mostly just for the look. It'll, you can, you can totally do it uh, without, the extra colors. Wow! All
1: right. Well, good
2: God, man, that's uh, got one thing to say there, which is "Return of the King." Um, <laughs> brought to you not by Peter Jackson, but <laughs> Peter Pedro Isaac. So, yeah. well done. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank welcome
0: you. back. I'm I'm glad you didn't lose your mind looking for Gerald Highwater. I did, but I can still make cocktails and shots, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> that's all did. That matters.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I confer right. I conferred with the other voices in my head and they agreed this was a good drink to go
0: with. So I think we uh we this deserves a toast. Welcome back, Pedro. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Cheers. All right, guys. So the lyrics of this song go supersonic pussycat, just like a Jaguar, silky black. So let me climb your wood like that. You got nine times to come hit that. She is not she is not fucking around. She starts No. Throwing... My pearls. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a really good place to start because yeah. in the past couple of weeks we saw a different kind of sexually charged song come out that made all kinds of headlines and caused Ben Shapiro to say some like really unfortunate things. <laughs> <laughs> As usual, um, we are, of course, talking about Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion's WAP, or mm-hmm. Wet Ass Pussy. I think we can finally say the full title in public. Um, <laughs> they they share a common thread in kind of promoting and normalizing female sexuality, mm-hmm. but I think that they are very distinct in their approaches. I'm wondering what you guys think of the contrast
2: I thought, man, when you first started talking, I thought you were talking about the brand new Bruce Hornsby single, Porn Hour. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess this is okay, too. I guess <laughs> I'm going to throw out my notes, my seven pages of notes about Bruce Hornsby's Porn Hour.
0: He's been up <laughs> since six this morning. <laughs> I'm wondering if that one is going to play on a loop on, at CVS, like his uh, his 80s work. <laughs> <laughs>
2: The future, I think, of retail music will be special like music looped into each aisle, in which case the um, family, uh, happy family planning aisle will be <laughs> scored by Bruce uh, Hornsby's Porn Hour, I think. <laughs> <laughs> if I was a, the executive of mood media. Oh, my but God. Anyway, back to WAP. Or, it's WAP? It's not WAP, right? It's WAP. Does not matter? Um, Do we know? I,
0: I don't, have they officially come out and said the uh, official pronunciation?
2: I only if, go by what Ben Shapiro is saying about
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I've and only ever,
1: Brand, I've only ever read it. Russell
2: Brand too. Russell did he Brand, What did he say, uh, did, about, did it? He say about it? It's a, such a it's so funny. I usually kind of I like the guy. I read all the booky wooks and yeah. um, I like his work typically he He gave more of a thoughtful analysis of it than Ben Shapiro did. He Ben Shapiro just sort of um you know, was kind of like the old man yelling at clouds, like getting spit everywhere <laughs> um, while he was talking. But Russell Brand, he tried to give a little more nuanced analysis. Um, I think he was kind of saying something like, can you know, by having songs like these, can women achieve equality by aspiring to and replicating the values that have been established by males?" So he's asking more thoughtful questions, but I think the the videos response was mostly met with "you're trying to mansplain feminism to people." Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, um, that could be a whole other conversation that I'm not sure I want to <laughs> uh, <laughs> go down because I don't think uh, I don't think any of us want to mansplain feminism to anybody.
0: Mm-mm. But
2: um, I think the main difference to, to your question is that this one's a little more. Uh, metaphoric and coy about it. Uh, WAP is much more in your face.
1: It's sort of owning the same thing, but in a different way.
0: I think that the simplest way that I saw the difference here is the difference between erotic, which I think is what Jaguar is, and Mm -hmm. kinky, which is what WAP is. And I heard this joke a while back. The difference between erotic and kinky is that erotic is using a feather, but kinky is using the whole damn chicken. That is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I love that.
1: (laughs) Wow. The whole damn chicken. Yeah, that's that makes a lot of sense. I like Mm, that. I like
0: that. uh,
1: That description.
0: Personally, I think that there is a distinct place for both of these songs. Like, I don't put on Jaguar expecting WAP and and vice versa. Like, you know, if I just want to be, like, really raunchy and I want to just dance and I just, you know, it's really out there. It's very aggressive. Like, Mm -hmm. you put on WAP, but if you want something that's more of a vibe, Mm -hmm. you'd go to Victoria Monet. Right.
2: Yeah, it's a little more teasing- too it's more of the foreplay in some way i feel like you know mm-hmm. um whereas you know like wap feels more like just kind of simulated sack swap is more kind of the build-up to it and teasing yep. of it
0: <laughs> this is when we set the candles really low and you know get out the massage oil and then flash forward 20 minutes and we're we're like deep in wap <laughs>
2: <laughs> i also there's a great there's this funny thing where people do like Q&As on Twitter and stuff now or like AMAs and she did one for the song and some user said said you know so what did you what did you mean by the phrase supersonic pussycat which is so funny to ask someone to like ask for an analysis of that like <laughs> like that needs an explanation but she just posted a 5 second video of Victoria Monet, that is just saying I don't know I think it was weed <laughs> and and i just love that it's like yeah we just you know what do you want here yeah i'm not gonna write a genius article on the phrase supersonic pussycat i got high and had an idea yeah that was transmitted Mm -hmm. to me by god it's not you know not gonna be citing uh (laughs) have citations here
0: yeah and you know, different era, different type of music altogether. But earlier this week, I watched a video by Polyphonic, a big fan of that guy. He does these long form video essays about the history and meaning of music. He did one on the Eagles Hotel California and about how people have been trying to interpret it for decades. And there's the explicit story about how um, they wrote it like they had just moved to LA and were kind of jaded with the um, superficiality of Beverly Hills, but how like you're drawn in and you kind of lose your sanity and you can't leave it and kind of mix that with the feeling of driving across the California desert. And so that's where that comes from. But then when you like sit down with Don Henley and you're trying to ask him to explain individual lyrics, he's like, I don't know. And even if I did, I wouldn't tell you because... It's not my job as the songwriter to interpret music for everyone. And I thought that that was really important because sometimes that's like as a songwriter, you're a poet and um, a lot of the enjoyment that you get out of songs or poetry come from your own experience of it. Mm. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I think
0: that can can even be said for like the listeners. Um, Mm hmm.
1: You know, three people can hear the exact same song and feel a different way about it and interpret it completely differently. It it makes me think of, I remember talking to a friend who, like, uh, it was that that Josier song, the Take Me to Church, right? Yeah. Was, there was, I mean, there was someone I was talking to who interpreted it, you know, as more of a, as, a, as it probably was meant to be interpreted. You know, he's talking about uh, Take Me to Church being, you know, this woman's body and all that stuff, or at least that's how they saw it. Um, and someone else who literally took it as like a take me to church, like, like religious song. And so it was just like one of those things where I'm like, e- e- you, your perspective can do so much when you're uh, taking in something like that. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think this song can mean so many things to so many different people, and it's going to mean one thing to the artist. It might it might not mean as much to the artist as it does to like everyone else. It might've just been, she was in a mood, the, the vibe was good. And she just laid this down and liked the words and the way it sounded. Um, and then everyone else is probably just taking it more seriously than it needs to be.
2: This urge to understand everything or to annotate the entire history of music is yeah uh, commendable on some level, I think with what genius is trying to do and it can be fun to kind of find meaning, but, Sometimes it's just, you've got to leave it alone and just be comfortable with your own interpretation. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times you probably don't want to know what these guys were thinking when they wrote it, you know, very, I feel more often than not finding out what the author's true intention was completely ruins the song. Mm -hmm. So um, as much as I love this is ability of artists to like annotate stuff and to question things I mean, what if Hosier said, yeah, this song's about going to mass, nothing more. <laughs> You'd be like, what the, what the fuck, it you know, huh? <laughs> It'd ruin the song for a lot of people. Yeah. Or like, for what it's worth, that Buffalo Springfield song. We've probably mm. talked about this before, but that song is, they were like, the guys in the band were pissed about this club that they liked on Sunset closing. And that's what inspired that. They were just like, <laughs> upset about really? a club that had closed on the strip. They were writing this about it. This but...
0: classic <laughs> anti war song is about a club closing.
2: Yeah. That's what they were oh, thinking, my. or that's what inspired the the kind of the the passion to write that. Of course, it's not remembered that way at all. And I'm sure you didn't want to know that fact that I just shared with you. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Anthony's Cut world that. is
1: shattered.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but of course, that's the beauty of a great song when it can be in in some way it doesn't really matter, right? It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what they were thinking when they wrote it. It takes on its own life of its own and they have no control over it anymore. Right. And they shouldn't mm-hmm. try and assert control over it. It's out there in the world and that's the beauty of a great song. Which yeah,
1: yeah. which like with that makes me think that like this song I mean it's it's obviously very um uh, sexually aware and like, you know, it's 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 definitely a sexy song. I don't know if it's so much about her and and it's the same case with WAP. I don't know if it's so much about them trying to like push a message or anything like that. As it, much as it is knowing themselves, owning their sexuality, being completely comfortable with it. To a point where it can inspire them to make things. And that's like, mm-hmm. that's an, I feel like that's a bigger message than, than them just, you know, putting, than, than the song itself. You know what I mean? The fact that they can take that aspect of themselves and create with it. Uh, there's a lot of power in that and like knowing yourself and being comfortable with it.
2: Exactly. And she said in her 2019 Guardian interview, she asked, I've heard male rappers talking about women in certain ways. Why can't we sing about how we feel and what we want? Yeah. And maybe absolutely. it just doesn't have to be much more than that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just knowing your truth and being fine with it. That I feel like that's sort of the message people are missing mm-hmm. here in, in these situations.
0: Yeah, and far be it from us to mansplain feminism in this situation. Right. Um,
1: <laughs> but I mean, I feel like that can that can apply to like anything, like, and anyone, you know, man, woman, uh, you know, uh, queer identifying or straight, whatever. Um, I feel like all of that, I, I feel like that message can sort of span everything about yourself and just, you, as long as you're sort of putting out something true, then people are definitely going to take notice of it. And I mean, they're going to interpret it differently, but I, I think it's all just coming from a place of self-awareness.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of the metaphor that Monet was going for with Jaguar. Like the whole idea for this song is, well, a little bit of history. She comes from a songwriting background. She's written for a lot of different people over the years specifically Ariana Grande. They're really good friends, and she collaborated very heavily on Thank You Next. Um, mm. She got nominated for Album of the Year and Record of the Year for Seven Rings. She also but she's worked also on Be right. I love that song. Yeah. She's also written for Fifth Harmony and Nas and Brandy. And this is Jaguar. The album that Jaguar is on is her first full-length album. Mm-hmm. And th- the idea of Jaguar is that she's finally owning the limelight and she's not someone else's mouthpiece anymore um i like this quote that she has uh she said jaguars are not always in the limelight but they're there that's how i feel as an artist and a songwriter in this music world i'm more in the background but then if i want something i really learn and transform into that beast that's focused and centered and wants to go get what i've always had my eye on and i think like that definitely comes through what do you guys think
1: I love that quote. I I think even that quote can be interpreted be interpreted in a lot of different ways or be applied to so many different things in in you know a person's life. Um going for what you want, like just those goals and in in any aspect. I think she's um, like that quote is perfect. It's just perfect mm-hmm. and can be applied to so many things.
0: So we're kind of running up on the end of our discussion here, but I wanted to ask you guys a fun question because uh, Monet sees herself as a jaguar, and I think that that comes through in the music, like what she's trying to get at. Um, mm-hmm. So I want to ask you guys what animal do you see yourself as, and why?
1: I wish I could say something cool, uh, you know, like a lion or how a killer whale would be dope, but I'm probably just like a duck. Um, <laughs> clumsy, I like swimming, and I, you know, eat whatever bread is given to me.
0: So we weren't kidding when we posted that picture of the three of us as ducks a couple <laughs> weeks back. You don't even
1: know how excited that made me when I saw
2: it. <laughs> uh, me. I think I would be a duck. No, I'm I would kidding. be <laughs> a duck. Not, not a duck. I would be the sulfur crested cockatoo. Oh shit! Uh, oh wow! That they so they make aggressive, unpredictable movements that are actually uh, signs of affection, which. Uh, defines me. Um <laughs> and I also uh I can they're very destructive, which I can be, if prompted. <laughs> and I like to they're mimics, which I like to impersonate people. So that's that. very true actually. And uh and I like the cockatoo, um, aspire to live to be a hundred. Many of them live to be seventy to a hundred years old. So the particular one I modeled my life after is the longest living one, which is um, the cockatoo Cocky Bennett of Sydney, Australia. So. <laughs> His name is How Cocky, Cocky Bennett? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was. Oh, no. He passed. He passed at 100.
0: Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> so anybody who really knows me already knows the answer to this question. I am a penguin. I think it has a lot to do with the way that I move. Um, I'm I'm very I waddle like a penguin that is holding an egg between his feet Um, I like to swim a lot Uh, I'm afraid of killer whales and um, all I really want is to like get in a big dad circle with a bunch of dads and hang out because that's what they do
1: Uh, I can't wait till quarantine's over
2: wow yep that's very very accurate
0: uh, before we go on, I, I kind of want to open up the, the table a little bit. Let's, let's, by committee, decide what animal Drew is really quick.
2: Oh, oh man. Interesting.
0: I, I get a lot of otter vibes from Drew, <laughs> personally. <laughs> Explain. I don't know. He's just a really laid back dude, probably just like, you know, chills on his back, um, cracking open like food on his belly. <laughs> um I'll accept that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Probably mm. insulates himself with copious amounts of fur. He wraps himself in kelp to keep from floating away, but he's just yep. in his bedroom.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm gonna say Drew is the um the silver fox prevalent in Siberia and the uh Uh, The mountains in the former Soviet Union, very rare, you know, active in the forest zones and tundra belts. Um, Mm. Silver Fox just seems to have um, drew energy to me. Can't quite explain it.
3: Mm.
0: Well, I think that we have come to the end of our conversation. And as you guys have probably noticed, we have no musical guest today. But that doesn't mean we can't have a little fun. Remember when John Moses left us that voicemail a few weeks ago?
2: How could I forget? Think about it every day. Mm.
0: Yeah, well, that wasn't the only mood he gave us. Drew has been keeping the rest on a back burner just in case we needed a good laugh. Are you guys down for another round of John Insanity?
1: Drew, you've been keeping this from us, you sly fox. Ryan, you might be right.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm down. Drew, cue that clip. Yeah.
3: Hey, tunes and Tumblers, guys. uh DJ, radio host, label owner <laughs> at, at home cuisine critic john moses checking in with you uh to help provide a mood um i've been asked to let you guys know what i'm doing what i'm sipping on what i'm listening to uh, mostly i'm just doing a lot of aerobics i'm trying to stay fit here in quarantine uh, my body's a temple and i i treat it uh thusly and as far as what i'm drinking a lot of almost exclusively actually uh gatorade uh peppino limon uh is my flavor they don't have that on the east coast and on the west coast they have it in abundance and believe me i am helping uh get rid of that surplus by drinking so much of it and replacing all of my electrolytes and as far as what i'm listening to um, mostly my cat screaming in my face and at four in the morning, uh, she's taken to communicating, uh, verbally and that hasn't been great. Cause she doesn't have a sense of when people rise and, uh, fall to a slumber. And, uh, she seems to enjoy waking me up at any hour early in the morning. So I've, I haven't slept for days. Uh, my mood that I'm proposing to you is you've lost your arms in a horrible uh, tree trimming accident. You were trimming trees and you lost both of your limbs, uh, I guess your arms, uh, chainsawing some branches. It happens. It's part of the job. Uh, your boss has given you uh, a really generous hazard pay. I mean, I don't. you can't put a price on your arms, but it is what it is. Uh but so the mood is that you are now figuring out how to do everything uh with your feet. Um you're eating with your Tootsies, you're painting with your Tootsies, you're walking with your Tootsies, of course. (laughs) Uh and perhaps you're even making love with your Tootsies (laughs) if you have a a partner that's open to that. Oh my Um, god. (laughs) And it turns out you've taken to this. You like it even better than having hands. Uh what's your mood? In this situation, is what I want to know. Again, John Moses signing off. Check out my label Youngbloods. We are youngbloods.com. My radio show, John Moses's Message Machine on KCRW. And uh, let me know what your mood is. Good God, man.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Why don't we have him on every single week?
2: <laughs> Holy shit. That's such a long period of time for this mood.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of development in this mood.
2: Yeah, like, you lost them, which was tragic. Like, you, you've you clearly gone through some stages of grief dealing with this, but then have grown to like it in your life. Wow. Okay. Well, let's see. I think, um, I feel like this one was created for me by John, whether uh, he knew it or not. I think there was a subconscious <laughs> kind of psychic message being sent. Um... I would want to start this one off with the song Feet by the Fat White Family. It's off their new album, Surf's Up. um, And um, there's quite a lot going on in the verses. If you don't know the band, you need to know them. Highly encouraged. But the chorus is essentially feet don't fail me now um, amidst a lot of other things. So I recommend the video viewing to go along with this one. I think that pretty clearly states it, you know. But it sounds like in this person's life, their feet isn't failing them. So. Good motivational start to this horrific accident that this, the narrator <laughs> finds themselves in.
1: Wait, so Feet Don't Fail Me Now is, is a lyric in that is song? Is the chorus, yeah. Because that's the title of the one I picked. <laughs> <laughs> feet Don't Fail Me. And I picked it mostly because the lyrics... Well, I mean, this character has lost their arms and all hope would seem to be lost, but they decided to to excel and to turn a negative into a positive um so there's a the lyric push myself to the breaking point it's all i know to do except for life even before this accident they were obviously hard workers tree trimming all over the city and so now they're they're just pushing themselves and they actually enjoy life more and their feet are something they can depend on so feet don't fail me by queens of the stone age um i think would also <laughs> go perfectly into this
2: love that
0: yeah Well, Pedro, you chose the song I was going to do, so I'm going to jump into another one. Oh, perfect. (laughs) Great. So I think, like, you know, this guy, you know, he's been. He's really like found himself now that he has lost his arms. Like, he's become a new person, essentially, and he loves it. So I think that the next thing he's got to do is dance like a motherfucker. So for (laughs) that, we're going to do. Boogie Feet featuring the Eagles of Death Metal by Kesha (laughs) nice (laughs) yeah so the chorus is just her being like dance with me, dance with me please a bunch of times and then she just says are you scared of these boogie feet and honestly (laughs) if I saw this guy just dancing and getting really aggressive at me I would be scared of those boogie feet
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god very good So Uh I think
0: that's our mood. A lot of feats. Quentin Tarantino (laughs) would be proud.
2: Oh, geez. (laughs)
0: Jesus. Well, thank you once again, John Moses, for this great opportunity to feel like we are back at home with Mrs. Potts.
2: Yes. Thanks, big John. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) So now that we have come to the end of the show, um, any lingering thoughts about Janelle or... I did it. I did it. I knew you I did was it. going there to it do is. it. <laughs> about Victoria Monet, about Jaguar, about songwriting.
1: Don't be scared of women's sexuality and them being okay with it. Men. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I will add, this is somewhat off topic, but I will say um, maybe don't take an all meat diet like a Jaguar, you know, even if, <laughs> as it is to be a Jaguar, you don't want to do that because James Blunt. Uh, revealed in an interview that he almost got scurvy from eating an all-meat diet in college. Um, <laughs>
0: I heard a about po- a that. Podcast.
2: Yeah, I almost did it for my news story, but it didn't feel quite right.
0: <laughs> I think that's a great note to end on. Anything that you guys are working on that you want to plug right now?
2: Sign the petition for Buster Rhymes Island and listen to The Occurrence every Saturday night, <laughs> 8 to 10 p.m. <laughs> in KTSB
0: Air Busta Rhymes. <laughs> and head on over to Medium To check in on the publication uh, I hope this finds you well We took a, a week hiatus To get a guest writer from Portland Who is going to be writing this week All about the protests First uh, oh, firsthand nice. accounts On the ground You don't want to miss it That's dope Well thank you all for listening to Tunes and Tumblers Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast Be sure to like the show and Atwood On every platform Also, please rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out so, so much. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by Drew Franzblau. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. And until next time, cheers. Cheers.
2: Cheers.